welcome to the Six Again podcast, your new destination for all things NRL. Here to bring you everything from team news to best bets are your hosts, Adam Hoy and Jared Mutton. Let's kick off. Hello and welcome into the Six Again podcast. This is going to be a big show. It's our magic round preview. We are recording a night later than we usually do due to a mass blackout in my area last night. I threw it out on the Twitter and the Facebook feed. So if you miss them and wondering why you're getting this a day later, that's the reason why. Isn't and that- yes, Tim, we're going to whinge about Ricky Stewart. Yes. Thank you, Tim F, for putting a hilarious <laughs> comment up there about Jared's whinging about Ricky Stewart not whinging. It was legitimate. It was legitimate, and I had no idea what your comment meant till Jared referred me back to his comments because I usually don't listen when Jared's talking. That's part of my job. <laughs> no, I listen to every word, and I'm taking down notes all the time. If he wants to make the game better, you can do it for other teams. There we go. Uh, it is magic round. The background for my oh my background for today is the magic school bus. Uh, because I do love that show, and I did try finding a rugby league team with the word magic in it somewhere um, in saying that I didn't look very hard for very long. So, but I couldn't find one. I've also got my Harry Potter pajama t-shirt on. So it's just magic all around. Well, I've got my six again t-shirt on because I'm repping the brand. <laughs> and we're magical. Especially to listen to. Hey, Jared. <laughs> it's just like, give me the most sour look. And uh, talking about sour, that brings me to my beer for tonight, which oh, is. Oh, fuck's sake. Part of the Fruit Cart series by Slipstream Brewing out of Brisbane. Picked a couple of theirs, actually. This one is the Guava Sour, and I do love a good Guava Sour. Um, so I'm going to be cracking through that because it's going to be quite refreshing. So I'll give that a... And tell you what, the one cool thing about the blackout last night, it was the first blackout my kids had ever had. And Atticus being four and Annabelle being two, we had a whole bunch of games that we played in the darks we played spotlight i hid their teddy and taught them how to you know when you're looking for something and people go hot you're getting cold <laughs> taught them how to play that so they were run we were going through all the dark rooms upstairs doing that um we we're playing jumping from shadow to shadow when we had the torch on that was brilliant we pl- taught them how to play charades yeah it was uh actually should really turn fun. the lights off more often mate yeah it should do and then I was absolutely wrecked and went to bed by eight o'clock at eight o'clock. So it's probably good we didn't record. Um, a fair bit's gone on considering we were meant to, or since our last recording, we're going to try and cover everything. Uh, but we're going to focus pretty heavily, we hope to anyway, on the previews of each game for NRL Magic Round held up at Suncorp Stadium. But before we get to that, we do need to play a voice message that was sent in based on a claim. Oh, shit. Is this episode. mine? So I'm going to put this on first. Oh, no. I haven't heard this have yet. Have a listen. No, Jared has not heard this yet. G'day, gents. It's Wally here. I just wanted to uh, point out an, an act of blatant cheating on episode 111 from one of the co-hosts. Jared claimed his best bet was uh, $10 on the Cowboys to beat the Broncos at $2.60 odds, which uh, surprised me a little bit considering the Cowboys were favourites for that game. 
Anyway, after listening back to episode 110 at the 55 minute 43 second mark, Jared says his best bet of the week will be $10 on the Roosters to beat Parramatta. I'm sorry I had to resort to this, but this kind of behaviour can't be tolerated. Uh, Last but not least, while we're on the subject of best bets, Dragons 13 plus over the storm this week. You heard it here first. Cheers, boys. Wally out. (laughs) Absolutely brilliant, Wally, and thank you so much for sending that in. (laughs) Okay, look, I'll cop that 100%. We did not write anything down. I Yeah, I thought... Fair enough. That's the most research that's ever been done on this show, ever. That's by, by a guest, a guest co-host, a guest co-host. So, uh, thanks Cheers, for sending Wally. that in, Wally. Thanks for that, mate. He actually <laughs> messaged that up. to me uh, three days ago or something. Now, two days ago now, and I've been yeah keeping that under wraps so Jared didn't hear <laughs> literally just then. So going back and doing the math, I finished that by. Jared throwing ten dollars at the Cowboys on two dollars sixty increases prize money almost up to equal with mine. But obviously, we're now going to have to get rid of those winnings plus minusing the ten that you put on. So that actually takes you down to twenty one dollars, Jared. You are now on instead of fifty seven. So that's a pretty decent loss there. Oh shit! So oh, thanks to that pretty, wall. Oh, pretty ish at sixty dollars, and you're on twenty one. So what you get out of all of that is if you want to win money, don't listen to any of our bets and <laughs> record oh, everything you write down. Oh, that was man. so good. Such a good start. All right. Um, yeah, no, that's, um, as I said, the most research that's ever got done in this podcast. There like and <laughs> definitely suits the beers and banner it. Let's <laughs> say episode and beers and banner section of this episode. Uh, we'll be right back with Off the Ruck. Okay, so Off the Ruck is again busy, but we're going to try and shorten as many of these as much as possible and provide links if you would like to look into some of these further. So, some quick hits. Uh, Henry Perinara, one of the most recognizable uh, referee figures in our game has retired, whether you heard that or not. There's actually a video up on NRL.com of him explaining why, Uh, but basically he's been diagnosed with SVT or superventricular tachycardia and specifically the uh, exercise induced version. So when he's exercising, his heart rate during games and at training was sometimes getting up to 230, 240 beats per minute. And he ended up going to see a cardiologist about it. And while it's not life-threatening at this stage, and because he's such an uh, elite athlete, having played NRL and then refereeing for over 20 years, his body was able to deal with it. Uh, This was until he had an episode at training uh, not long ago where he'd finished the activity and basically his body was in pain and he kept pushing it and pushing it until he eventually collapsed and he described it in the video as the world came in he lost vision um he lost even when his vision came back he'd lost peripherals everything was tunnel vision and it was quite a scary experience and that's when he said yep this is i'm not doing this anymore 
uh, was basically the call. So we're not going to see Henry Perinara out on the field anymore as an official. I'll, be, I'll put my out and say he wasn't the most consistent official in the world, but he always had good communication with the players and he always had his own way of sending things up to the bunker, except, and especially sending people to the sin bin for nine and a half minutes at a time. If you don't know what that means, go back and type in Henry Perinara sends play to Simbin and look at his pinky on his left hand. Uh, it's kind of like Brian Fletcher's. So he tries to send people for 10. It looks more like nine and a half. He is now going to be the voice of God up in the bunker. His heart rate only gets those limits when he's exercising uh, at, at a high level. So he will still be part of the refereeing structure, but it will be in the bunker only from now on. So thank you for the entertainment, Henry. All right. Um, New Zealand Warriors are set to make a des decision on when whether the team will stay in Australia or whether they will move back to New Zealand uh, within the next week. So they were meant to play their first home game for over a season and a half now on July the 2nd against St. George Illawarra. But that is now under review given New Zealand's government reintroduced restrictions on travellers from New South Wales based on the new COVID case in Sydney's eastern suburbs. Um, it's another kick in the face for the Warriors club, Warriors fans, players, families to deal with. But they are going to be looking at what they'll be doing in the next week or so. So after Magic Round, uh, the team will be based... Let's see... I'm just trying to get the most up-to-date ones here. Yeah, no decision has been made yet to defer plans for the Warriors to return home after their round 15 match against Newcastle on June 19, but players will now remain in Australia during the team's round 13 bye. So it's just another thing this club's going to have to deal with. We'll keep our finger on the pulse there and see when a concrete decision is made. So hopefully the restrictions that are placed in Sydney at the moment at level three will nip this outbreak in the bud and will not impact the Warriors going forwards. Excellent. Jarrah's please head down. That means carry on. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll just have to see what happens with the Warriors. Okay. Uh, quick quick update here. We talked about Jack DeBellin's court case last week. Uh, the NRL's made a media release saying they note the conclusion of the district trial court involving Jack DeBellin. He will remain subject to the no-fault stand-down policy while the other five charges are still remain against him. So nothing Is he really still contracted? Yet. Uh, till the end of no, I don't think he is. No, he's not contract, anymore. No, I think his contract ran out last season. Okay. Remember, the, okay. remember the Warriors were going to make a play for him. Uh, and then yeah, didn't yeah. happen. It's not worth it anymore. No, so I'm trying to have a look at where that's all signings news. All right. So COVID-19 update from the NRL. All Sydney clubs will remain under level three biosecurity protocols until they arrive in Brisbane for magic round. Some clubs are already here, some are still coming over the weekend. The National Rugby League today gave approval for all 16 clubs to return to level one restrictions only once they have arrived in Brisbane. So all teams will be flying up on commercial flights, not chartered flights, and they must comply with the public health orders, including wearing a mask on the terminal, et cetera, et cetera. Players that have not been part of the level three protocols in Sydney are not 
permitted to rejoin the NRL squad while still under level three protocols. So we talked about Parramatta asking for an exemption from the NRL because they released six of their players. That access was, that request was denied. So what that means is the Parramatta team that were under the level three security, uh, COVID security bubble can fly up as a team on the flight with the public, et cetera, et cetera, go into Brisbane and continue training as per normal. The six players that weren't in that are not allowed to do so. They weren't allowed to be part of Parramatta's training throughout the week because they weren't in the level three security bubble. However, they can still fly up to Brisbane um, on a separate flight and upon, uh, upon getting into Brisbane, sorry, and before they leave, they have to return a... Negative positive, result. A negative result for COVID. Non-positive. A non-positive. A negative. I was going to say positive, <laughs> and then I was like, no positive. No, not positive. A negative result to COVID. Testing. Non-positive. Do you know what actually? Do you know, do you know what that reminds me of? When I was learning to drive, the person who was teaching me went, you know what? When you're reversing, turn the wheel the opposite way the front of the car goes. And that's the best way to learn how to reverse. And I was sitting there and my what? head was doing, yeah, <laughs> it was doing all kind of that. And someone poked their head in and just went, no, turn the wheel you want it to go. But yes, that kind of reminds me of what that was. Oh, there you go. So your head's doing a three-point turn, trying to work it out <laughs> while the car's in reverse. Brilliant. <laughs> Non-positive. Because I was trying to like get through all of these facts and the, and the step-by-step process <laughs> while trying to think ahead going... Well, they want a positive, well, Parramatta wants a positive result out of this, but not a positive COVID one. So uh, there's still a chance that those players will be able to be part of Parramatta's 21-man 20 20 squad for the weekend. However, they have to be separated for the entirety before oh, both bullshit. tests come back negative. And Jared's comment on it, this is all bullshit, is because Jacob Arthur being Brad Arthur's son, who's the 5'8", for Parramatta this okay, week, so yeah, so, such, and Jared will take the rest away because I missed it. Yeah, so for the last couple of days, whatever, when you are in those high-end protocols for the NRL by security, you've actually got to nominate who's in your household to go home. It was not at a point where they're all isolated from their family. With Brad Arthur, his son is obviously in that household because he lives with him. He's also a developmental player for Parramatta and he was part of the players who got released to play in New South Wales Cup who they didn't isolate in the bubble. So we discussed last week how Parramatta decided not to follow the protocols that any every other NRL club did and let the NRL contractor play. No, 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 play. They, they, they still followed the NRL protocols but they had the choice of whether to release players or not. And they were the only club who chose to release players. Okay, yeah. And so they released these players. One of them was Jacob, obviously. The part that does my head in is that Jacob was one of the part that, of the people who was outside the Parramatta bubble, but he still lived in Brad Arthur's house. So if he's living in Brad Arthur's house, does that mean that Brad Arthur's infecting the whole team when he goes to training? This is saying if Jacob Arthur had COVID. No, no, no. This is, no. But the thing is, there's a reason they're in the bubble. So that means they're isolated. So that's why they have to identify who lives with them and stuff. So they're mm. only allowed to be in contact with those people. So it mm. doesn't matter if they have COVID. 
if you come yeah, in contact, just the regulations. Yeah, if if you come in contact with someone outside the bubble, you technically have to get a test. Or to be honest, I'm not really sure what the protocol is there. But yeah, um, have we had any but, like our last episode? We had update information occur during the show. Anything breaking tonight? Because it's now quarter no. past nine. Yeah, only night. only other. So I I want that to be questioned. But the other part was that the Jacob Arthur is only a um, developmental player. So mm-hmm. technically, he wasn't allowed to play past before June 30 anyway. Now, we mentioned mm. last podcast, Michael Jennings has been released of his contract mutual agreement because of what happened with him. Now, Jacob Arthur has been upgraded to the full contract, full 30-man team contract. What's it called? I don't know what it is. Squad. A full yeah, full squad contract now. So, going back to the start, Parramatta blew it up by releasing players thinking they weren't going to get two suspensions and an injury in one week. They did get that. Then they're scrambling to find players. And for me, for, Par- for NRL has let Parramatta get away with a lot more than they should have right now to get them to Brisbane. All right. That's just the way I see it. Honestly, I, I don't see it any other way. There's no way... Brad Arthur should have been living with Jacob if he's in yeah. the bubble, uh, and there's no way he should have been upgraded from developmental deal just for him to play. I don't, I don't agree with any of it. Excellent. It all comes back to Parramatta not making uh, to uh, Parramatta making that decision. They should have been punished for it, and they weren't. Not punished, but it's mm-hmm. punished. But why? There's no punishment to be put in place. They took the risk and they... they There's it, no risk. Okay. Punishment's probably more... They took the risk of releasing those players. Like every other team did not. And yeah, now no, the only team, I, don't, I don't think They're, they're the, the right only way. team in this situation. And their punishment should have been, no, you use the players that you've got that are viable. Yeah, it's not a punishment. That is a punishment. They already had 12 players. I wouldn't be surprised if they don't play, but we'll see. Nah, Jacob will start. Either way, don't back Parramatta this weekend. Um, no. I'll probably, probably end up backing them for my best bet. Yeah, so these last two stories, I do like finishing with, with uh, big positive ones. This one's huge, and you'll hear nothing about it because it's magic round. And female, the NRLW only becomes big news, unfortunately, once their season starts. Not while well, it's not on. But anyway, there will be... <clears throat> Jewelry's coach, Brad Donald, believes there will be between 80 and 100 female players who take part in the upcoming Harvey Norman National Championships that could be lining up for NRLW clubs later this season. So there's still plans for the NRLW competition to be expanded to six teams rather than the four teams. This is for the 2021 tournament, uh, 2021 season. And next weekend... Uh, there's a four-day tournament in Redcliffe, which, as previously mentioned, is the Harvey Norman National Championships. So there's two age groups, the under-19s and the Opens. And there is going to be a large number of scouts out there from the four existing clubs, plus scouts from other bids for the other two clubs. And there's a chance, basically, for these girls and women to be plucked straight from these championships into an NRLW system which is what happened to julia robinson last year 
The tournament runs from the 20th of May. And there are all that well, obviously there are games from all over Australia, South Australia versus Northern Territory, Northern Territory versus, versus um, ACT, etc. etc. 20 minute games, two times 20 minute halves, as they mix up the games and the game times based on the open the under 19 age group. Um, but you can check all that out on nrl.com. It's got every single team list up there as well. So you've got the Australian Defence Force represented first. Nation Gems, Northern Territory, South Australia, Victoria, Western Australia, obviously New South Wales. New South Wales have New South Wales City and Country. Queensland have two teams, um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But there is going to be a huge carnival there with some of these girls and women playing for a spot on an NRLW team, which is going to be huge. I'm actually thinking about going down to watch that because that should be an awesome carnival. I wouldn't be surprised if one of my students is down there, so there might be another reason to go down. Cool. Stuff that's going on in Samoa Rugby League is not cool right now, but... Were you leaning towards a positive vibe at the end of this? I was. Oh, okay. Because this could be... I think what the players are doing here is the right thing is why I'm getting at this. So okay. we've seen the emergence of Tonga as a rugby league nation over the past few years. And the majority of that was led by the biggest name players defecting away from New Zealand and or Australia to represent their country. Now, the highest profile players that have come out and wanting to do so for Samoa uh, lately have been Josh Papali and Sia Soliola, whose nickname is Uncle by his teammates he's got that much respect even around the other men Josh Papali said 100% I would return to Samoa over Australia there are different emotions when I play for Australia it's the country I was raised in however when I play for Samoa I invest a lot more because you're representing your parents your heritage and it's more than a team the reason why these players aren't part of the Samoan makeup at the moment uh, is to do basically with their head coach and the governing body behind Samoa Rugby League, which has two men on the board. And also the Samoan Prime Minister is a patron of Rugby League for their country. They're all quite keen on keeping the coach Matt Parrish in place. And the majority of the big name players don't want to be there at the moment because they're not taken seriously. They feel as though they're being used by their governing body to put Samara on the map. And as Joey Lay Lewis said, players don't want to make a fool of themselves representing their country, knowing that the systems aren't in place for them to be successful. It There's a huge, oh, not huge, there's a very, what's the word, insightful article up on the foxsports.com.au website written by George Clark, who's quite a He's a decent journalist, I believe, very unbiased opinions and states a lot of the facts and he bases his story around that rather than rumours and hearsay. And he breaks it down with regards to how little the Samoan heritage is cared about or, ta- or considered in the training and sit- setups and the camps, um, how much drinking and loose behaviours there are by the coaching and management staff throughout camps for big tournaments and etc etc so to me it's a good news story because if it's getting to a point where players are just going to opt out and not play for Samoa that might be enough for the change to take place 
because we looked at a Samoan team list from what a couple of weeks ago, and it's easily good enough to beat New Zealand, Tonga, or Australia on its day. The ones that we've seen in the past haven't been so. Um, see, see, the thing about it is this all blew up. Well, it's been bubbling for a few years, but it kind of came to a fore, obviously, a couple of weeks ago when the Johns Rose and Sonny Will Williams put their hand up for Samoa. Um, so the thing about it is Matt Parrish isn't a bad coach. He is highly rated amongst of it. He just must not be progressing Samoa as much as the players like, or as you said, doing the wrong things at training or in camps, which is not reflecting on what the Samoans want because they've seen what Tonga has done, what, five years ago in the two, oh, was it 2015 World Cup? 16 World Cup. Well, Tonga beat Australia, New Zealand, and Great Britain all within a year. That's crazy. Yeah. So they're saying, that, and they, the players want that, but they they don't believe that the Tonga Rugby League Association are going to back them, which it will be interesting how well they react because the they haven't reacted positively to the, what the players wanted. Hmm. On the other hand, if you're a fringe player because you've got a world cup at the end of this year mm. maybe maybe that's a big maybe um if, if you're a fringe player and all these other guys are pulling out do you commit or do you if you're 20 years old go look i'll just wait a few years and hopefully i'll be good enough in a couple of years time that's it's an interesting it's an interesting point and I tend to lean on the ladder that they're going to not sign up based on basing this on personal opinion, but based on the players who are behind this movement, we'll yeah. say, and you've so, got Josh Papali, Sia Soliola, Tony Pulatua, Nigel Bungana. Like these aren't. And see, the thing players. about it is, is that, Samoan might be back in Matt Parrish, which, as I said, he's, he's from all reports, he's a half decent coach. He's an assistant coach somewhere, I'm guessing. Um, but he's not a Wayne Bennett. He's not a Craig Bellamy. He's not Trent Robinson, Jack Gibson kind of coach. Where mm-hmm. when it comes down to it, public opinion is going to shit all over him compared to everyone else. Yes. Like he's going one up toe to toe with Josh Papali about how how it's all run. Guarantee you, Josh Papali is going to come out on top in every way possible. Yep. So that's so just, that's what they're going yeah. up against because do these do the board members at at Samoa want to win? That's what it comes down to. So to win, they've got to get the best players and they've got to put the best people around them in. I'm not saying the Johns Rubbers and Sonny Bill are the best options. Maybe there's a better coach there. But by the looks of it, the players are revolting. It's not good for Samoa Rugby League right now. And the big deal is made about Tamalolo going from New Zealand to to Tonga. But in 2008, so for the 2008 Rugby League World Cup, you had Tony and Frank Polatua, Ali Lauatiti and Nigel Vangana all withdrew from New Zealand to play for Samoa. So that's when they had their coach, John Ackland. All of those players then pulled out for the next tournament. Um, 
because when Matt Parrish came in and the, the direction of the team changed, they said that that's not what that's horrible. That that's not representative of what we want, uh, what we want to stand for with regards to Samoa and or what they tried to build. What they were trying to build. Now, this when talking about the unprofessionalism, this is uh Tony Polatua talking about the 2013. Uh, World Cup is that we touched down. So this is them flying in into France for the first time. We touched down there on Wednesday, dropped our bags at the hotel and went out to a function. The coaching staff were drinking and allowing players to drink when the test was on that weekend. So they just land in the country. It's Wednesday. There was a lot, a lot of alcohol. It wasn't just a few drinks with a meal. It was a full on session. There were no instructions or the coaches set an example. It was early hours of the morning. We were still there. It was very unprofessional. It wasn't a one-off. There was a lot of drinking during the week of games and women were being brought back to the hotels. <laughs> I don't know who for. He's already said. So that's not like the standard you expect to see from a professional well, national see, coaching setup. The fact that, hey, our players get in today. The first thing we want them to do is go to a function where we're going to be... See, the, the thing the about it is... He, there's a there's a fundamental difference in today's game because back in the day that's how it used to be when you went on tour, that's what's standard. That yeah, that's 2013. Had, it's like but less no, than but 10 it, years ago. That, that's my point. Like that's there's two points there that Australia probably were doing the same thing, but they would have had curfews. The coach wouldn't have been in the middle of it, and they would have stopped at least a day and a half before the game. Oh, I don't know, not 2013, and not a session, like maybe drinks at dinner or something, but... No, I wouldn't Ooh. be surprised. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised. Oh, anyway, I, I just hope that this movement gets there, because I'd love to see Samoa do what um, Tonga's been doing the last few years. Well, see, like, I, I as I said earlier, like, I, I, I understand... Maddie and Andrew John's resumes and Sonny Bill's resumes, but they need to bring if they volunteered, fantastic. But I think they need to bring an experienced international coach in to lead those three. Oh yeah, 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 like someone like Tim Sheens or I was just about to mention Tim Sheens was the Australian coach in 2013. So whether yeah, I, I would love to see Tim Sheens take it, lead it into the future, and have those guys under him. That would be that'd be pretty awesome. Cool. Or feel good. All right, now you lost me. Okay, we'll go ah. on to signings because there's been a little bit of signings news. Um, well, Adam Reynolds has signed with the Brisbane Broncos uh, from 2022 onwards on a three-year deal worth uh, a tick over two million dollars. So this kind of flies in the face of everything he was saying. Are wanting to stay at not just wanting to stay at South, but wanting to stay in Sydney with the young family. And that's why Sharks were the early favourites here. And he has taken the unusual step of coming out afterwards and talking in a very positive way about Cronulla and saying how close a decision it was, how tough a decision it was that Craig Fitzgibbon and the Sharks were absolutely fantastic to him, put forward a very good offer, and that the difference between the two offers financially um Cronulla Sharks are actually paying $200,000 more 
so the the whole thing he said came down to was the chance of uh, awakening, not a sleeping giant, but a stumbling one, getting Brisbane back to where it should be, the pressures of a one-club city. He said he loves the pressure. There's big similarities between South and Brisbane with the pressure that comes with it and all that sort of stuff, and you can't disagree with that. Um, It's a challenge. I love challenges. I'm a competitive person. I love winning, but playing uh, that... That's the playing Brisbane next year. This year, I'm a South Sydney player, blah, 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 and goes on with that. So I honestly believed he was going to be going to Cronulla. I thought Cronulla had the structures in place to have him and Thompson would have been Thompson as a as a halves pairing going forward. Obviously, that's not the case now. And then obviously straight away, Anthony Milford's name got thrown up for the Sharks and they've squashed that <laughs> straight away. Oh, so yeah, it, it's it's going to be a really good signing for Brisbane. It, the, we, we spoke a couple of weeks ago. There is the risk of that three-year deal, but it's different. To me, it's different. Another club offering him three years. I think South should have based on the 10-year yeah. relationship. And he's bled for that club, has hardly missed a game. And when he does, it's literally because he's had a pretty decent injury um, or... Yeah, for me, you, you you were bouncing up and down halfway through that. So, what, 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 are, you, what are you sitting on there? Oh, okay. So, started off when you're building the club, like Broncos have got to need to be built. You buy players like Adam Rams. Like um, when Manly started their run, they bought Ben Kennedy, ultimate professional. He's done everything in the game. You need someone like that in the competition, and he's going to attract other players. I just hope that the Brisbane players around him support him as well. Like play hey, bloody music, kind of thing. Like play better because he, he he can bring a team up, but he can't do it all by himself. And I hope this doesn't ruin his ruin his reputation as one of the premier halfbacks in the competition. Um, going to a team who's struggling. What I was bouncing about was so. <laughs> I'm happy about this signing because it means Broncos are moving forward. But for the last two years after Anthony Seabold, every ex-NRL Bronco and his dog and his dog's grandkids were saying everyone that Broncos need to go back to the Broncos of old where they develop their players and all that kind of stuff. Like they, they... People want to play for them as seven-year-olds as opposed to 31-year-olds, which is Adam Reynolds's. is. Um, and now they're buying a 32-year-old halfback. So was Kevin Walters the guy he's going to bring back the Broncos of old or put him in a new direction? That's what kind of got me a bit laughing because that's what he sold himself as the future coach of the Broncos was he's going to bring back the Broncos of the 90s and the Mm. early 2000s. But now he's gone back on his word and gone, look, I can't win with these blokes or whoever's coming through. I'm going to go in the market and buy a whole of players. Mm. So I find find that kind of funny. I think it's good for the Broncos because um, I think they need to look out and do other things and move forward. But 
this is how the Broncos the Broncos sold themselves as the old school club is going to do what they had to do, and now they're going against that. Yeah, I think the other point there, though, when Broncos came in as the expansion team in 88, they weren't really starting with a grassroots basic team. They already had a whole list of internationals, which bought them time to start developing their own juniors. That, that is right true. Now, so you- if you're going to take the time to develop all the juniors in all positions, Broncos will be in the bottom for another three, four years until the well, whole next crop comes through together. It's funny because this is the first halfback season halfback they've ever bought. Um, another thing about it is that if if they do, um, the players do step up around him, I'm really happy. I'm really... I. I think they'll do well with the players he's got around him. They, there was a, there was a, someone said, I don't know who did, but they said Broncos team is full of athletes, but not proper footy head players. Now they've got a proper footy head to lead them. They've got a, a rugby league player. Yeah, a rugby league player to lead them, where if you look at their team, yeah, they're super talented, but they're not smart in where they play. Yeah. And... That's what they need, and he's going to bring that. So I'm stoked he did, and I'm stoked Broncos are moving in a, in a new direction. I just find it ironic that that they sold it to get him there, that he's going to do this. I think with this signing and no other changes to their roster, it puts him into the finals. They also signed Branko Lee. When did that happen? About three hours ago. They reckon he's going to sign a two-year deal. That's not going to turn the needle much, but if I, <laughs> he's I reckon, a defensive defensive player, unless he's up against Latrell Mitchell, yeah, I, I think just the Adam Reynolds signing, that impact, that sort of player, what he can do, brings everything the Broncos have been missing: a short kicking game, a long kicking game, a uh, person who can control the game, the pace of the game, a communicator, and someone who can actually lead their young playmakers. I think just him enough in that team's enough to put them into the finals. Then you look at the hit list that they say they're still going for. Nico Hines, Kurt Capewell. Uh, what were the other two that I saw named today? Nico Hines, Kurt Capewell, um, Dane Gagai and Jaden Sewer. Yeah, the two Souths. If they can get two of those, like imagine if they got the, imagine if they got that South Sydney trio. They've got one of them. Yeah. If they get Sewer and Gagai, like that, that, that Broncos aren't rebuilding anymore. They're there. Yeah. That roster's there. That's it's right. crazy, like, how quickly you turn well, around. See, the thing is, I know you better make the right signing. You saw how far it put them back with a range of bad signings within a two year period. You make one good one to get it back on track, and who knows how quickly you can shoot back up the ladder. Um, yeah. Sorry. You've got to keep going. I know, I know Bennett took him with him, but why the hell do they let Sewer go? The salary cap. Oh. They've got enough good... They've got a, a, a plethora of good enough back rowers. Well, I was trying to put together my origin team, my first one for round 12, and I have Sewer as my 18th man. Yeah, okay. And I love Sewer. I think he's... Rip, I just couldn't... With the injuries to Collins and Carrigan, the balance of the side was thrown out. And I was struggling to try and fit all the second rowers in. Anyway, uh, when you're at the top, you want to stay at the top. So the Roosters have made 
on one half makes a lot of sense. On the other half, it's like, oh, I wonder if they could have gone a bit further. Uh, re-signing or extending Sam Walker to the end of 2023. I haven't been able to find anything with regards to finances around that, but we know that the Roosters generally must handle their money pretty well considering the amount of talent they have at their club. They signed him on for two years. There was early talk of it being a five-year deal. I can see the positives and negatives of both. Uh, obviously for two years, it's kind of like a bridge deal. It's you've had a really good start to your career. Show us that you can do it for two seasons in a row. Uh, I it's, love pretty that. Much, um, it's pretty much what they're doing. It's a smart move by the club. The other hand, it's a smart move by Sam Walker because if he can show that he can do this for two years, the upgraded deal, he's going to be able to... Um, table to the roosters rather than the other way around the chips will be in his court because he'll say all right you gave me this two-year deal on a prove me prove it i've proven it i now want a five six-year deal at this number yeah. and you start it way higher than the roosters want to do so when they negotiate you back down um he holds the chips the other side for the roosters is if this is just a hot start and he falls in a heap um, I don't want it to, but say like an Anthony Milford from Canberra to Brisbane, if you forgot the t- first year, two years at Brisbane, it hasn't cost the Roosters a lot and they can like wash their hands of this Walker kid, but another club's going to say, all right, this kid does have talent. Maybe it just didn't work here for whatever reason and he can move on. So I think it's a, it's a good deal for both. Yeah, it, it, it's a good deal for both sides, I think. Oregon and... You know what? How many NRL teams this day and age could actually pull that off? Like, you look at Kalen Ponga from Newcastle. They bought him for a lot, and then they threw the checkbook at him the next time the contract came around. Yeah. Um, but that original contract where they bought him, they bought him for a lot of money. Yeah. Like, it was a shit ton. So, and then they upgraded out. So... Oregon is great because, like everything Adam just said, everyone's hedging their bets on form instead of him getting comfortable on a five, six-year deal. Whereas, you know, you find someone... If Bulldogs had that bloke, they would have signed him for six to seven years. They would have tried mm. to lock him down for that long and it could have backfired on him. So, it's awesome. And that's a... The- like, unless it obviously comes out saying that each year's worth 800 grand, then you'd be like, eh, maybe not, but that I don't, I doubt that's the case because it would have been that big. Um, some of these Titans players are getting to crunch times of the year with regards to contracts. So you've got Kevin Proctor, Mitch Rain, Ash Taylor, and Tyron Peachy all waiting for a tap on the shoulder by the club saying, We're giving you a new deal or we're not. Uh, Tyron Peachy. Uh, as, as stated publicly this week that he obviously wants to stay on the Gold Coast. He's really enjoying his footy. Uh, but he's also said that there's unease with regards to where Milford's going to be and Titans have been now linked to Anthony Milford. And obviously him coming in is going to take up some money, nowhere near the money he's on at the Broncos, but him coming there is another sort of playmaker in their spine, whether that means Ash Taylor's going to be going and Milford's going to be coming in. And if that's the case... Because Milford and Peachy kind of play a similar style, albeit in different positions, it could mean obviously dominoes falling a certain way for P 
Peachy. And I, I love the fact that he's honest about saying that. He said, I want to stay here, but obviously I know it's a business and all that sort of stuff as well. I really hope Peachy stays. I think the fit that he's got in there now and what Holbrook's getting out of him is the Peachy we remember from Penrith uh, when he was that super sub for a, a season and a half, two years or whatever it was. Um, Proctor, we know, is only on a one-year deal. Mitch Rain, I, I, I would see them letting him go, even though he's been quite solid for them. They've got enough uh, dummy halves there uh, coming through. So it'd be interesting well, to see signed, how moves forward. They just Aaron signed Clark. Eric Clark for a long period of time. So. Yeah. Uh, Jared mentioned earlier, Jacob Arthur's been upgraded to the top 30 squad and other news out of Parramatta Nathan Brown has agreed to terms on a two-year contract which will keep him at Parramatta to the end of 2023 so now they turn their attention to Ryan Madison and Mitchell Moses who had until yesterday I believe to pick up his player option um, at Parramatta which I haven't seen any news of him doing so interesting times ahead for Parramatta for the second half of the season wow all that stuff's done. We'll be back after I've had a quick breather with hard hits, injuries, and suspensions before we start ripping apart these teams. Okay, hard hits. We're going to start with neither an injury nor a suspension, but a fine. So we mentioned the inept call uh, in the Roosters <laughs> Parramatta game last weekend. Trent Robinson uh, used the word incompetent. He's been fined $10,000 by the NRL for stating. Yeah, so we all state exactly what he said. We all saw what he saw and we all knew the NRL stuffed up and somehow the NRL gets to find someone else for their mistake. Anyway, uh, it's a suspended $10,000 fine as long as he doesn't say anything like that again. And I pretty much, I'd say Trent Robinson in the back of his head is saying, well, if you don't fuck up, I don't have to say anything. But anyway. Canberra Raiders coach Ricky Stewart has also been hit with an official warning letter after swearing at a press conference. And the thing I love about live TV is you have to hear what the players say on the field and their interactions with the ref. And you can pick up at least three to four swear words a game live. I love the fact that the players are allowed to swear and it doesn't get covered, but coaches aren't allowed to. They've got to have all the emotion out. They're not allowed to do anything wrong. And they're not allowed to question any bad things. And you know what? If you actually watch the press conference when he did that, they asked him the same question three times. Yeah, get over yourself. And he just, his team's just got 24 points on him in the second half, and he just got he just copped it. And then they and then they're blowing up because he swore. And it's yeah, it's just crap. That's crap. But if Ricky Stewart commented on that obstruction, I would have been happy with it. I, I just. Love the fact that you've got Trent Robinson talking about the incompetence of the officiating. It all comes back to consistency of the officiating as well. And then you get the consistency or non-consistency, inconsistency, sorry. One coach gets a $10,000 fine. The other one gets a warning. You know, like Ricky Stewart's been fined more than any other of these coaches and he gets a warning. Yes. <laughs> oh, all right, cool. Cool, man. Good call. Um, I believe that oh, I think it's an incompetent, uh, line of punishments, in my opinion. Uh, <laughs> along, if we want to stay on this inconsistency ra- ra- road, David Fafita's been suspended for two weeks 
Uh, Victor Radley got zero for the same tackle. I believe it actually happened at the same time on the same person. One's just six foot 12 and the other one's two foot six. And to me, that's the only difference I could see in the tackle. I, someone put a, a still image of both of these, I'm not even going to call them tackles. They're like literally face slaps where both players have been wrong footed. They stuck out an arm and it made contact with the player on the chin area with about as much force as required to kill a mosquito. And one got two weeks, one got zero. I couldn't explain it. I thought Fafita was doing the right thing by going to the judiciary. Titans have been pretty hard done by there. Um, I'd be, yeah, I'd be real shit if I was a Titan supporter. Um, as a Queensland supporter, I'm just glad it's not around origin time with everything else that's going on. <laughs> All right, Casualty Ward, if you've gone to Magic Round to see all the stars running around and all your favourite players, you're going to be disappointed. Uh, Callum Ponga is the latest star to be ruled out of Magic Round with a groin injury. Sean Johnson won't be there after suffering a hamstring injury. Cam Munster and Harry Grant won't be there. Uh, they'll both be sidelined for at least a fortnight. Uh, Munster has a foot strain and a hamstring tear for Grant. Not great news. Uh, Joseph Tarpany, Ryan Sutton, and Jordan Rapana will all be missing for between one to three weeks due to injuries suffered in the loss to Newcastle. Kurt Catewell has also been left out due to a head knock. Um, and Jacob Host will be missing two to three weeks with a quadriceps strain. So you look at that list, you've got Kurt Catewell, an origin player, Tarpany, uh, Sutton and Rapana, all internationals, Munster and Grant, both origin players, Sean Johnson, an international, and Kalen Ponga, an origin player, all being wiped out of this round. Unfortunately, to add on to Jesse Ramian, who we'd already talked about. So the upside Jared mentioned before the show, more playing time or game time for some youngsters or players who don't usually get the minutes. Unfortunately for the NRL, and I think for the fans, this being their marquee weekend, this is probably the weekend you don't want this to have an impact, but you can't, you can't, it's already happened. The injuries are there. It's just a shame more than anything else. So take that in consideration with your tipping and your fantasy leagues and all that sort of stuff. All right. We'll be back with our team lists uh, and bets and tips going into round 10 magic round. All right. All right. First game tomorrow night. Newcastle versus the West Tigers at oh, where are they playing? Suncorp Stadium. It's Magic Round, you know. I've said it like six times. <laughs> They're playing at Hogwarts. <laughs> uh, for Newcastle, obviously the big loss is Kalen Ponga at fullback. Um, Tex Hoy fills that role. Yes! <laughs> Okay. Um, the big thing for this is, oh, have you got the Tigers list there? I just lost it. Yeah, What's okay. Tigers? This this Tigers one... are all kinds of messed I, up. I've said enough on this episode already. I'm actually in a pretty good overtired mood, but I was so pissed off when I saw this West Tigers light up. I was just going, man, I know you lost the game last week, but we talked up Adam Dewey something fierce at the 5'8 and how good he's looking. So, of course, they put him in centre where he's going to get the ball like six times all game. Oh, and they and they didn't even bring a guy in form to 5'8". I don't no. get it. So Moses Mbai will be the starting 5'8 for the Tigers. Adam Dewey shifts to centre. 
Tommy Talao's on the wing outside Joey Leilua, who we both said looked good last week. Jacob Little is back into the starting hooker role after I dropped him and brought in Simkin. I, I don't understand. I thought Little no. was playing well enough to start with. And now Simkin came in and was playing all right. And you I know what? Just, I don't know. Do you know Adam Dewey and Jacob Little, and sorry, Adam Dewey and um, Simkin are bad enough. This the the, the big it's one. Bad enough. For me, changing them is what he meant. They, they've been yeah, yeah well. it's bad yeah. enough. But the big one for me is he put back Stefano Utakamano to the reserves, not the interchange to the reserves. No, reserves. Yeah, well, that's well, where Jake Simpkin put... went too. Yeah, well, no, Jake Simpkin's not even in the nineteen or twenty anymore. He got dropped. Yeah, he got he, he got cut. That's what I mean. He was on the reserves yeah. and he was one of the first two uh, cut. Like, Jock Madden is debuting. Sean Bloor, Alex Safarth, and Thomas McCann. I don't understand. Like last year, last year we were commending Justin Holbrook and Michael Maguire for what they're doing with um, the young players. Or no, no, not young players. They had the balls to drop people when they weren't performing. Mm. But. It turned around that we said it about nine, ten weeks in a row for Michael Maguire, whereas Justin Holbrook found something that worked and went, you know what? <laughs> That's letting me win. I'm going to stick to that. Um, well, in saying that, the West didn't win last week, and it's their no, it's but the worst. Best it's their worst defensive record after nine rounds in the club's history. Yeah, but, but none look, of these have to do with defense. Look, uh, and like Otto Kamano. He's probably making the most meters out of everyone. He's killing it in the middle. I just, I don't know, mate. I just don't understand. Um, I, I don't understand it. The only upside, I think, out of all of this for the Tigers is Jock Madden has a chance to make his debut. Well, yeah, as long as he gets on the field, he'll be making his debut. He's a 5'8", isn't he? Yep. So it's pretty much, Moses Zambai is going to be a new 5'8", but I don't really trust him, so I'll have a backup 5'8 on the bench. Here's, a, here's an idea. How about you keep Adam Dewey there because he's been your best player. But anyway, and Sean Moore oh, on the interchange. I just want yeah. to see more of this guy play. But um, yeah, outside of that. Oh, oh, on Newcastle's side of things, we lost Ponga. And that's usually like a death blow for Newcastle right there as far as attack goes. But if I was going to lose Ponga against anyone, I'm happy I'm losing against this fucked up team right here. Whoa. All right. And <laughs> um, so Heimel Hunt is out for Newcastle. And he played so, last week. No, I know, but he was named. So yeah, yeah. now nah, he still hasn't returned from his hamstring injury. Edric Foote is still waiting to make his return. However, Mitch Barnett will make his 100th NRL uh, appearance. So I'm looking through this Newcastle side. There was something about it when they got named. Yeah, it was their, um, their interchange because Tex Hoy, I believe, was still on the interchange rather than the reserves list. And I was wondering about the size of the interchange. Uh, Connor Watson, Jacob Safedi, Suasso, so and Brody Jones. That's pretty Yeah, big. no, no. But they had, I think, like at 17, they still had, Tex Hoy was sitting there or someone else. No, no. He's in number 20. What was I saying? Something I don't know. Maybe it was last right. week then. So Newcastle still sense. got that four pack. Um, lots of Fitzgibbon gets his twelve jersey, as Adam said. Um, I'm going Dang. Newcastle in this only because it's against the Tigers. Oh yeah, I. But right, Newcastle, sorry, Newcastle can 
they they are very good at bringing up very ordinary performances when they're supposed to win. So yeah, that's a thing. <laughs> I, I think this is one of the few chances all year that Newcastle are going to have to string two wins together, and yeah. the fact that they beat Canberra last week. It is one tick, but the fact that they came back from a deficit, um, although against Canberra, that's not that much this year. Well, but the, the, but the point was there was that um, Caelan Ponga wasn't the reason they came. No, back. It, yeah, it wasn't. That that was the that's like the I think he set up Jaden Braley, um, but other than that, like that's super positive for Newcastle. That's so it, sad. Is this the most uninspiring halves contest of the weekend? Yeah. yeah. Moses Embi and Luke Brooks versus Kurt Mann and Phoenix Crossland. I will say Ooh. Crossland did play like half decent. Well, there you go. So if you add all four of them together, you've got one half two. decent halfback. Yeah. <laughs> One decent arc, maybe. <laughs> like, yeah, he do you know do you know what the one thing he did bring? He brought a half decent kicking game, which we haven't had since Kurt, um Mitchell Pierce left. So everything that he brings is half decent. You just need uh Kurt Mann to do the other half. That was fucked. Yeah, um, you're, you're okay, who are you picking? Rude. I'm picking whatever else is on TV. <laughs> No, I'm picking um, I'm picking Newcastle, I guess. Uh, yeah. That'd be a first for you in a while. Yeah, well, I haven't All picked right. the Tigers in a long time either. Next game. Next game. Um, I'll, I'll do this one if you want. Oh, I got, okay. But that's my I can't believe they let out Brendan Pakira. Pakura. Pakura? Yeah, Pakara. Yeah. So, yes, I'm not... I was still hoping to get down a magic round for this one. I'm not going to be able to, unfortunately. Um, we're having a save for that ski trip later in the year. So, Seagulls versus the Broncos. We were actually at this game a, a couple of years ago. I think it might have been the first first time magic round occurred. Um, for Manly, no changes in the back line. There's a, a, a pretty short and sharp article i think on the it might be on the seagulls maybe on the nrl website about jason saab and his form reversal and looking at it from an analytical point of view and it basically came down to the point of his dad saying do you want to play first grade or not because if you keep playing like you are you won't be <laughs> after the first three rounds and he's had a massive uptick in performance that was pretty cool uh in the forward pack martin Tapao is back in from his suspension and at the expense of, I was going to say, uh, Taniel Paseca, but he's playing as well. Cool. I missed that one. Yeah. He's got, but he's got to pass um, HA. Oh, that's right. He's got to still pass the HA. George, George Tafua drops out of the squad. And Curtis Sirenin is still another week away at least. Uh, holy jeez. How's this for a stat? Since Tom Trebojevic's return, the Seagulls have increased their points scored per game from 9.4 to 32 and a half. <laughs> oh, shit. That's quite a big difference. Uh, for the Broncos in their back line, they've stayed with the same as from last week. In the forwards, um, obviously okay. the ACL injury to Patrick Carrigan means Tomlis Flegler will be their 
uh, starting lock moving forward at this stage. And Reese Kennedy comes onto the bench, um, as, as does John Asiata. Uh, Brennan Pakura uh, was dropped from the reserves as part of the 24-hour deadline. I was kind of um, hoping he'd have a run. Yes. Um, winger Corey Oates has scored eight tries in his past six games against the Seagull, the Seagull Seagulls, and don't I know it. Going against Tweedhead. Yeah, that's it. Um, Jake Turpin is the new Broncos captain with Patrick Carrigan out. All right, so I'm going to go Manly in this one. All right. I'm guessing you're going Manly. Yes, but we haven't had a good recent run against uh, Brisbane. I used to love going down to Suncorp or Brookvale North, as we called it for a little bit, um, <laughs> because it just used to be a great place to go and pick up two points. But the last couple of years, Broncos have pretty much put us in our place. So I'm hoping Cherry Evans channels some uh, Maroons memories and all that sort of stuff from up there and mainly put in a good performance um actually i'm kind of looking forward to this one especially based off uh the broncos game last week against the cowboys they'll really be up to show their home Are fans you, nah, they can do you guys going to shit all over them i actually can't wait to see manly play a full game tomorrow night um oh thanks for okay next confidence. game um this this is a this game's actually quite curious because they've probably had the most headlines throughout the entire week. Um, Canberra with their second half fade outs and supposed drama and leaks within the club versus the Bulldogs team, which I, I mentioned last week that Kyle Flanagan has a um, his face on, on on the front of a bus because he's run over by roosters. Um, but I'm going to say he's been run over by an aeroplane this time because... I'm so confused. They're the that? weirdest analogies I've ever, ever heard. But, but continue. Uh, you got, so they, they threw him under a bus. Okay, the there we go. The Bulldogs, and now they've thrown him under a plane. That's because all right. Plane? Oh, yeah. Okay, I get you. Yeah, so... I'd say a train, yeah. but anyway. A- anyone who didn't see it... Um, he clearly wasn't all right. Bronco uh, Bulldogs hierarchy put Kyle Flanagan in front of a media scrum. I can't even watch it, to be honest. And they keep asking him questions. He finally breaks down, start crying. Trent Ballot says he's you know still part of their plans moving forward, then drops him. Um, but actually, what really shitted me off about the whole thing, like Bronco, a uh, Bulldogs clearly made a mistake with this mm-hmm. um, putting a guy like that but their intention was look you're going to get asked it anyway why not get up front about it now um, that was the intention Didn't I, I, I think like the timeline of events went back to last weekend where he, Kyle Flanagan was benched at half time and when asked about yeah. post match Trent Barrett said our fifth tackle options weren't good enough my immediate response to that was Duh, you don't have a forward pack to provide decent platform for fifth tackle options. But on the other hand, Kyle Flanagan hasn't been executing them as well as he did at the Roosters. The, the shit thing pack. that the Bulldogs then did was the first media, um, first open media they had through the week 
how about we put the young guy who was signed as the marquee signing at this club who just got benched for the first time? How about we put him into the media for the first part of it? So, and then they got asked the question that he broke down on was, um, Has your dad been helping through this? And obviously, that's the one where he took the time and said that, yeah, there is a difference between dad as coach and dad as dad. It was such a dog act by Canterbury. And that makes sense with their logo at the moment, unfortunately. And then you're literally two hours after putting him on that press conference, they drop him. Like, yeah. Bench so, you, put you in front of media, drop you. Fuck. Yeah, man. so... The, and that that was shit out by the Bulldogs. Absolutely. But what annoyed me about the most was the media. Kicked. The media um, played on it so much. Like the the team gets named at four o'clock, so he was put in it uh, in front of the media around two o'clock. Mm-hmm. So he got dropped. He got announced that he got dropped at four o'clock. Um, that night, oh sorry, I walked out of work at five o'clock. And I saw the video of it. As I said, I couldn't even finish it because I felt so bad for the bloke. Mm. And then you scroll down through. Everyone's posting like pictures of him mm. crying in this media scrum. Shithouse. Mm. Horrible reporting. And then that night, while Paul Kent's trying to defend him, he played it another five times. So he's ripping into the Bulldogs for how they treated Kyle Flanagan. By showing the video again oh. and going, oh, this poor young kid, he's crying in the middle of the thing. You know, on one hand, he's got to, you know, step up his game and, you know, handle it like a man. But on the other hand, why did the Bulldogs do it? I'm like, I'm sitting there, I'm like, well, how about you let it go? Kind of thing. Uh, like, can I, I felt say so that? bad for him. Handling like a man is such a shit comment and completely outdated just to throw that out there. He was well within his rights to say no to going up to that media. Yeah. You don't have to do it um, as a player. Coaches, it's within their obligation. Players, I think they have to do some throughout the year, but you, you don't have to go out there if, if you don't want to. The fact that he went out there knowing what was coming, if you're going to use the take it like a man um, statement, Going out there knowing the emotion that you've got running through and the questions that have come, that's a hell of a lot tougher than anything or anyone that the Bulldogs have showed almost this whole season. So those getting into Kyle Flanagan, um, please don't... Oh, it's just... I saw the post up there and people were getting into it and I said, this... Kyle Flanagan is the fall guy for how poorly this club's been run for close to five, six years now. Well, he was a full guy last year for Bruce's not winning the grand final as well. Yeah. And, and, no. Which I went on there. I was like, he, Kyle Flanagan, if he, if you're, sorry, if the Bulldogs are identifying him as the issue, they are further away from getting out of this than I even thought they were. The yeah. issue with this has remnants of when Manly went, South pretty quick before we bounce back. They've had board infighting, mm-hmm. which leads to no one paying attention to their salary cap, which is in a screwed place, which leads to being able to only sign a crap roster, which they've had for however long, 
which leads to then overpaying players to come to the club because no one wants to be there, which leads to, oh, shit, we suck. We better get a coach that people know about, even though he's got minimal and limited experience and none of it's successful in Trent Barrett, which equals a shit team. And they've played like it. And now you've got one of the few players on this squad that are actually decent enough to crack the roster at other clubs and you bench him? I hope they get their ass kicked this weekend. And so unfortunately, they're versing the Raiders who aren't playing like they will. But the, the thing that made me even angrier was that Brandon Wakeham finally gets a start, but it's not Jake Avrilo who gets moved. He's been okay, but he's not a freaking halfback. <laughs> Put him in the outside backs. Get rid of anyone else there. Except for probably yeah. Dalmatini Zalesniak, who's actually you know what's funny okay. about that. So the oh. team, the the um the um Magic Round Fox Sports promo, they singled out a player from every team to like who's gonna make it magic this weekend. And they picked Kyle Flanning and I betcha. No, no, they picked Jake oh. Avarillo. He's not the most magical player in the Bulldogs. And if he is, that's a bit sad. I love it. So, you know, the argument out of all of this. Newcastle had Ponga. Josh had a car. It's just how sad Bulldogs are right now. But back to the game. So, obviously, if you haven't listened for the last 10 minutes, Kyle Flanagan's been dropped for Jake Averillo. Brandon Waker coming into 5'8". Nick Meany moves into the centres in place of Corey Allen, who was expected to miss one to three weeks with AC joint injury. And Tui Katoa named on the wing. Uh, Napa returns from a shoulder injury see, with Siamana Fanangai dropping back to the bench while Renoff Atoni moves to the bench a lock in a swap. For, sorry, Atoni moves from the bench a lock in a swap with Corey Riddell. Um, Matt Dory is another new player from the bench replacing Ofahiki Ogden. Jesus oh, and <clears throat> Joe Simpson. I've said he's a Queensland rep player. I'm sorry that was mistaken. He was in the squad. Yeah, where are but... you now, Wall? But we gave his we gave out statistics last week of what he's been doing, and I don't care. They freaking signed him from Melbourne. <laughs> he knows the Melbourne system. Have you seen what Tino's been doing on the Gold Coast? Did you see what Proctor <laughs> brought to the Gold Coast that when he first went there? Comparison. No, I said, do you see what the Pro- well, you see what Proctor brought to the Gold Coast when he went there? <laughs> That's still a big comparison, but I understand your point. No, it's not. It's the systems. The systems that are in place, how they train, how they do things. Hoffman, Harris going to the Warriors. Like, it's only been the Melbourne backs going back to other clubs that haven't really worked out because there hasn't been that many and Inglis is a freak. But Look, if, if he signed oh a new card, I'd be stoked. Okay. Um, I don't even care who's Canberra. in Canberra. They're going to win. Rapan is out with a hamstring injury. Replaces oh, Sammy <laughs> Valemi. Um, Hudson Young is promoted interchange to take the place of Ryan Sutton. Josh Hodson research, returns from a calf injury on the bench alongside Dunamis Lewin, Ryan James, and Joseph Tarpany and Sevilla, Sa- Sylvia Havili dropping to reserves. Thank God. Some That is more... I question that, why he got a run out of Tom Starling for so long. Um... And the only thing, Raiders have been outscored 93-8 in the past five second halves. 
Okay, so we've both gone Canberra and that. Next game at Suncorp Stadium on Saturday at 5.30. Sharks versus Rabbits. So, uh, oh. Sean Johnson will have to wait at least another week to bring up his 200 NRL game after suffering a minor hamstring injury. Um, Josh Dugan gets the call up to replace center. Jesse Ramey missed four to six weeks after, after fractured eye socket. Uh, Dave Andrew Fafita returns. Yes. Uh, for twenty twenty for his first game in twenty twenty one. Um, but with versus with Billy McGuire's dropping back to reserves. Um. Yep, and that's that for Rabbits. Um, Adam Reynolds has returned ahead of schedule, reclaiming number seven jersey, which shifts Benji Marshall back to five eight and sends. Dean Hawkins to reserves. Tane Milne has been brought in on the wing to allow Gay Guy to return to centre. See Stephen Martis has joined Hawkins on the extended bench. So I'm guessing that's a reaction after losing 50 nil. Yep. Uh, Liam Knight moving from the interchange to lock in a slot with Jai Arrow. Hamasello takes Patrick Margot's place in the bench. Um, 16, so four, four Rabbits have won 16 the of their past 20 games of Reynolds have played. So for this one, I just think that having Adam Reynolds back in the playing group is just going to enhance him so much. Um, Cronulla are an absolute basket case. But it, it is kind of interesting that he's signed with the Broncos and he's coming up against the team he rejected. At Broncos home ground. week. Sorry? In the, at at the Broncos home ground. So I know, I it, love sport. It, it is pretty cool. Um, I don't think any of the Sharks players um, actually care. Um, on the other hand, I don't think the South Sydney boys care as well because they all love him. And I'm guessing they all believe that the Rabbits have treated him badly. So they're all 100% supporting what, South, uh, what Adam Reynolds is doing. I'm going to give you two numbers. I'm going to give you two numbers. Zero to 98. Um, how fast Ryan Pappenhausen runs in 10 nah, seconds. That's a for and against for these two teams from last week. Oh, Rabbitohs lost 50 nil. Sharks lost 48 nil. So yeah, technically, okay. Sharks are the better team coming into this. <laughs> no, I just think that they'll, they'll have Reynolds back and it'll be just be all clean sailing for them. I and because Cody Walker actually had a crack against Melbourne. I don't say that very often against him. Um, or him. I think him having Reynolds there, kind of setting him up, also going to make his job a bit easier and make his game a bit more free-flowing for next week. He won't try as hard. Oh. And the kicking game is going to improve. You know what I could... Oh, that could be a that could be a value bet. I'll have to look that up. Um, you know what's going to be cracking on this match? Toby Rudolph versus Liam Knight. Liam Knight is a freaking hothead. And Toby Rudolph running. Liam Knight is one of the hardest front-on-front hitters in the league when he actually stays on the field. Um, that's going to be sick. Keon Kalamatangi against Nakora. Uh, did you say Johnson's out? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Um, who are you picking? Rabbits. South. Okay, next game. Um, at Suncorp Stadium, you've got no Roosters that Cowboys. I don't, I don't think you actually have to keep saying that. No, I'm going to keep saying it. We have to. We have to let everyone know where it's at. Oh, sorry. Okay, Lachlan Lamb returns at five eight for Drew Hutchinson, and Tupanua re- 
is back from suspension, pushing Nat Butcher to the interchange. And Tukuri Howard to Pua to reserves. Um, Victor Radley and Sam Walker both have been named with Joseph Sawali again in the reserves. So that will be interesting. So how would that go if Sam Walker got knocked out? Uh, look, ruled out. Would Joseph Manu go to the Senate, go to the thing, and Joseph Sawali start? What? Is that how you see that? Because oh, Ma- Manu go to 5'8". Yeah, Manu go to 5'8", and Lachlan Man. Lamb halfback Sawali start. Yeah, just right in the centers. Yeah, probably. Or the wing and put one of them. Oh, yeah. He would have to be the wing. No, he'd have to go centers. Yeah. So that's how that would have to go with Kyle Flanagan. Um, and obviously, yeah. Cowboys, Good. unchanged from last week. One point. Jason Tomalolo will bring the eight play to appear in 200 games for the Cowboys. Um, you know what? I'm going Cowboys on this one. I reckon that. They've won the, they, this could be their five in a row, turn their season around completely. And um, there's only so much steam this Roosters team can take. And if they lose one of those two players, Walker or Radley, oof, Jesus. Is that Cowboys on for five in a row? Yep. They really? Holy gosh. Yep. Um, for the Roosters, it, it's, I'm a little. Well, I'm not going to say confused. I, I guess it makes sense. Takiyaho coming off the bench. Like, I know Sam Walker's been the goal kicker. The other thing is, you'd say if he's ruled out, they'd have to put Takiyaho in the starting side, wouldn't they? Who's Radley? No, Takiyaho would have to be in the starting side if Walker's ruled out because he's the only other goal kicker. Yeah, that's right. Nat Butcher was freaking on fire last week. Oh, <laughs> I know, like Satili Topin, it was pretty much only spot there, but I could also see. Oh, Nat Butcher at prop. Yeah, maybe not. I don't know. He's just such an impact player. And I thought he had a cracker last week. So, yeah, maybe keeping him on the edge is the best spot for him. Yeah, but with regards to the Cowboys, um, man, that they. There's nothing about the game last week between the Broncos and Cowboys that showed. They were still at, at the level high enough to beat some of the bigger teams. And I still think, even though the Roosters lost last week, if they'd come up against either the Broncos or the Cowboys, they'd played well enough against Parramatta that they could have gotten a win over either of these two teams. In saying that, yeah, I just, how much more, I, I agree with you, how much more adversity can this team take? And being down at Suncorp, you'd expect the Cowboys to have quite a decent crowd there. Oh, I'm. Uh, yeah, I reckon Cowboys going to pull this out. To be honest, I really do. Well, Tedesco having another week back. So, yeah, with Brett Morris not there, eh? It's such a big thing. Um, I, I honestly wouldn't be surprised if Sam Walker they look. Unfortunately, it's for him, isn't it? Yeah, they got they got to rest him. They got the, the like if they want him at the end of the year. Um, they got a no, it's his shoulder, but they got a shoulder. That's can't right. push him. He's not a big guy, and if he's got a busted shoulder, oh, who's Tumalolo going to run it? Yeah, Tumalolo, Cohen Hess, you know, all it's Shane Wright. You know he's a weapon as well. All right, you know what? Put me on the, put me on the, 
Yeehaw, Cowboys. Let's go. Yeah, okay. I see what money's right, on that game. one. Love it. Warriors v. Para. So Warriors for this v. one, Para. as we discussed, it's all under the COVID protocols on this one. So the players that are under in the named in the 17 under a cloud and won't be training with them for a while uh, for the until captain's runner. Jacob Arthur at six and Raymond Stone at 16 with Joey Lusick and Jordan Rankin in the 18 and 21. I'm very surprised that they pushed so hard for um, Jacob Arthur's to play when you got Jordan Rankin in your 21. I was very surprised by that. No, Rankin was um, one of the... Yeah, yeah, no, no, but that's my point. Oh, okay, like, yeah, so yeah. Jacob Arthur. So yeah, I was yeah. very surprised because Rankin's in the 30. Yeah, they yeah. literally had to file a thing for Jacob Arthur to be in the 30. Uh, for Warriors, Ben Murdoch Masilla returns in second row with Siren and dropping through Oh, first. man. And the only change from last week's loss, um, two of us, the Shekers, scored eight tries from 10 games against the Eels. Um, you see the reserves for the Warriors? Uh, massive, is it? You and eight. Elise and Amo, but no, 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 the on. reserves. You and Aitkins, Elise Katoa. Oh, okay, Jack and Murchie, Bailey and Siren. Bailey Sirenin. Yeah, righto. That that could sneak in a little bit, especially you um, and Okay, so one of Blake returns at center for the suspended Morado near Cora. It would have been actually interested in the near Cora didn't get suspended because he's been playing really well in the centers. Um. Marnie and Nathan Brown are both being named. Sean Lane reverts to bench. Um, and Ray Stone replaces Hayes Dunster. Um, yeah, so that's really all to change. We've really touched on this Parramatta squad. Yeah. Um, do how, how much do they lose not having Dylan Brown there? Or do you think Mitch Moses will be able to cover it? Well, we talked when they versed and when they played up in Darwin, and Mitch Moses didn't have Dylan Brown. He, he takes much more control over the the game yeah. the one that they played against Broncos. So, and he's going to have to, even if regardless who comes at five eight, whether it's Arthur or or Rankin, they're not the same quality as Dylan Brown. Okay, next oh, question. Yeah, next question. Um, Wonga Blake returns to the centres. Obviously, he's their starting centre. But Murata mm. Niakore has been, well, amazing defensively mm. um, in the centres for Parramatta. You can't forget that battle between him and Justin Olam that night. Do you think that despite the fact their attack is going to be enhanced with Wonga Blake, do you think that they're going to become a defensive liability now missing Niakore in that centre spot? Oh, you pretty much just said what my justification would be. It comes down to whether they need to score points more or defend more. And they're not having any trouble scoring points at the moment. And near Corre, I don't remember getting any doubles or hat-tricks or anything this year. So if they'll come up against a team highly scoring, like a, a high-scoring uh, team, yeah, with, with no defense, I'd have near Corre in there. Um, Penrith's a bit hard because they score a lot of points but also don't give a lot in. Um, but they'd rip Wonga Blake to shreds on that side. So Oh, mate, he would struggle so hard. Yes. So, no, I, I think on the balance of this squad at the moment where you've got all playing back rowers in Papali, Madison, Cartwright, um, you've got the creativity of Mitch Moses. Reed Marnie's being a bit more creative in the offensive half this year as well. I think they've got enough points in them that Munger Blake's more of a 
uh, luxury to have um, to come into the side if required. I'm looking at this Warriors side now going, well, I know Sirenin got dropped back and Murchie, eh, but at least you could tell you and Aitken. If they come in, Aitken will go straight in for Pompey, you'd say. Um, or Rocco. Than, well, they've just signed Rocco to three-year deal. You'd expect him to be getting a lot He's more first grade. still only 21. I know, but he can only get first grade as he goes along and He's got the potential to be better than Pompey in the in the long run, um, and Alicia Katoa. So looking on the bench, you've got uh, reserve five eight fullback. Uh, you've got two props and a reserve hooker lock. So you'd expect if Alicia Katoa comes in, he'd go straight into the starting side, which means Josh Curran or Ben Murdoch Masilla would be, I'd say, dropping completely out of the seventeen. And Ben Masil has been playing well enough, but so is Josh Curran. Like, who makes way for Alicia Katoa if he comes back in? You'd say Curran? I'd say Curran. But it'd be pretty, he'd be pretty hard done by. To be honest, I think he'd be um, a follower. Bunch of follower and only have one yeah. prop on the bench? Yeah. Well, Kane, Evans, you isn't, can, you Kane can Evans isn't getting through 80. You you can move. Um Armour, Tavega can play in the middle. Murdoch Masilla can play. Oh, you're up not front. gonna put Tavega up front. He plays locked. What's the difference? They don't do the uh... What's the difference? There's no difference anymore. Mm. Yeah, I yeah, I don't and then you got you got Lisa now, may I could play decent minutes. Yeah, so I reckon to be a, a foe with Elise Katoa because the thing about this, they're, they're going to have to score because Parramatta's, if they're on 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 song with attack, they're going to have to score a lot more. Warriors going to score points, and Katoa's right. going to score more points than Bunty Afoa. All right, Elise Katoa into the starting side, and Ben Masilla to the bench. Uh, here you go. I'm going Warriors. Fuck. Stop doing all the weird choices because now I'm thinking. <laughs> I'm going Warriors just because um, Warriors scored 32 points last week, but yeah, three I, off I, kicks. I just think that, that Nathan, Brown's, Nathan Brown will, will probably bring one of those two in and it's going to make them a lot better. Um, oh, it's Nathan Brown versus Nathan Brown week. I love it. Parramatta are going to, like, their team's not even going to train together and they're going to have a rookie playing six, who's not going to train with them. So, um, yeah, I don't think... Oh, and he's making his debut in one of the biggest weekends of the NRL. So, yeah, I don't think he's going to be able to step up. How much do you reckon that last week's game took out of the Eels? In saying that, it was on Friday night, wasn't it? And this nah, game's the yeah. last one. They're fine. They're fine. This is the first one on Sunday? Yeah. Yeah, so good enough. Babe. I'm going Eels then. Okay, that's the one difference we've done then. That's good. All right, next game, Melbourne versus Dragons. This could be a high-scoring affair for one of them. Uh, Brandon Smith. <laughs> no, no, no. Actually, Warriors. Uh, Melbourne are actually missing a few. Yeah. Brandon Smith suspended. Harry Grant, Cam Master injured, and um, Pappenhouse has been named in the reserves. Uh. Craig Bellamy's named Riley Jackson five eight and Kenny Bromwich at hooker. Tui Kamu Kamika shifts to second row and Dale Finucane starts alike with Tyson Smoothie and Ton 
Eisenhoof joining the bench. Okay, for this one, I see a few late changes. Tyson Smoothie will start. Kenneth Bromwich will push Kamakamika to the bench. Papo, Pap, Little Paps, I reckon, might go in the fullback and Nico Hines go to six. Why not just That's name it like that, eh? Oh, he's, when has Craig Bellamy ever done that? Oh, no, um, it's just for convenience for everyone else for once. Yeah. Stop being so selfish. But but that's what I honestly reckon. And I, do you know what? I actually don't mind Nico Hines pushing the six. I reckon that's going to be really good. Well, fullback is um, probably the same position look, nowadays anyway. Um, there you go. Here's your question for last podcast. They are mm-hmm. not. Shut up. Uh, Ravalawa returns from suspension on the wing in place yeah. of Matt Feigai. And Poasa Famasili replaces Junior Amoni on the bench. Um, look, Dragons have got their tail up. And despite all the injuries for Melbourne, they're just going to go back to their... How do you explain it? We'll grind you down to a 10 safety thing. They're going to defensively work hard, score 12 points, and not let... From who? Dragons score 11 Who's Sorry? going to score the points? Well, like I said, Pappenhausen will be there. Nico Hines will be Jerome Hughes is probably... I think he's in the top two for triasis in the in the season. Uh-huh. Um, you got Kenny Bromwich, you know, attacking player. Uh, Remus Smith, Justin Ollone's one of the... And you got Josh Adokar, who's got six tries last week. So they've got enough attack, even though they're missing... Yeah, but we know players. Adokar gets the ball based on the inside work. Oh, no, but like... Double-teaming, double-marking Munster. Sorry? Double-teaming Munster. Like, a double... Generally, most clubs double-mark Munster. I know, but you got Jerome Hughes there. Like I said, I reckon Nico Hines will go to six. He's a very quality player. I think he can set up enough. And then you got that speed at the back with Pappenhausen. You know what would be interesting? If Pappenhausen doesn't play, this will be the first Melbourne Storm team that doesn't have either of the old big three or the new big three. Yeah. And you know what? I think Which will be Melbourne Storm at the weakest. Yeah, I think they can handle it. And they're still super strong. Because what's Pappenhausen kind of shoulder? Oh, oh, here you go. Here you go. I got one for you. Tyro Fuimayano versus Justin Olam. Oh, that'll be fun. <laughs> Someone's going to get hurt. <laughs> And I don't mean those two. I just think there'd be like a concussion, like blowout for when they hit each other, like a grenade, like this oh, like shrapnel coming wave. out from hitting them. I'd find um, shrapnel. The Dragons have scored 30 points or more in three of their last four games against the Storm. They actually do yeah, enjoy but... playing the Storm from... Mm. And then there's some interesting names on the reserves. Adam Clune. Oh, sorry. Um, Cody Ramsey. He's been injured as well. So, is he going to come in? Uh, I don't think the Dragons are going to change too much. I think they're trying to find... Jack Bird's been playing well. He's doing my my, uh, prediction from last year, playing well enough to get his origin jersey back, but it's a year late, I think. He's about Uh, 12 centres behind to get his origin. Yeah, I know. I was saying saying that was my thing last year. Um, Uh, Who are you picking? Far out. Yeah, I'm going to get a storm. <laughs> okay. Sorry, Wally. Next game. I hate you, Wally. Um, next game is Gold Coast versus... This Pembroke. is going to be fun. 
This is going to be about 70 points scored. This is. Again. Okay. You almost Tino got Fassel- that right last week. I know. Tino Fassel- Oh, no. I think it's going to be 70 nil to Penrith. Tino Fassel-Wally was sent home to train on Wednesday. He's getting over about about of sickness, um, but he's in no doubt. David Fafita was named, but received too much suspension. Oh, shit. Uh, Bo Thermal, it looks like Bo Thermal will move to second row because he's the worst center in the NRL. And Eastend Masters is a chance to start at center. We Better. Look, oh, I couldn't believe he was on the bench. Tanner Boyd retains 5'8". Mm. Uh, the Times have conceded 140 points in the last four games. Um, Kurt Capewell will miss a week after a failed HIA. They bring, bring in a reasonable, like, no-name in Liam Martin in the back row. Jermaine Hopgood joining Can't the Can't trust bench. them two first names. <laughs> um, Paul, Paul Momorowski is available. Yeah. But Matt Burden has kept his spot. Um Panthers will be aiming to become the only seventh team to win their first ten games in the season. Look, I think this is. A, I think we're both picking Penrith in this, unless we want to lose our um, streak. But on the other hand, I wouldn't be surprised if, out of all the teams in the competition, just through pure point scoring ability, Titans were able to match them through that. But the fact they're losing Dave Fafita kind of limits that a little bit. Yeah, it takes a huge punch out of there. Yeah, so but like, even if we even, we did this flair and their the way they attack, um, like you know, passing the ball off the kickoffs and just giving it to AJ Brimson to rip through somebody. Like, there, there's a chance they could, but Pamela's defense is like. Say all you want about their attack, the defense is on point as well. So yeah. So who do you say is going to come in for for feeder? Who do you reckon? Well, they said they reckon Sam both Fermore. Both both Fermore, and then if Sam Masters goes to centers, and then you got a choice between Sam McIntyre, Aaron Clark, Sam Stone. I think it'd be McIntyre. Wouldn't be yeah. Sam Stone is a pretty handy replacement though. He does he pretty is. well for him every so often, unless. Who's Jaden Campbell? Because they Branson they, they Campbell's son. Nah, is it? Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Or Aaron Clark just to bring a bit of a utility off the bench. No, it'll be McIntyre to try and match the big bodies of Penrith. So it's not like they've got a small forward back. Um, tell you what though, Spencer Lenny isn't getting a run for the Cowboys. We've got Sorensen getting the start over him. Cowboys. Oh, right. Penrith, sorry. Yeah. Um, what we didn't do this week is go over the odds. So Tigers and Knights, Tigers two twenty, Knights dollar seventy favorites. Manly Seagulls dollar ten bucks on the Knights. That's your bet. Yeah, that's my bet. Okay, ten bucks on the Knights for uh, J Rod over there. Ten dollars at a dollar seventy. I'm, I'm going uh, hard. Seagulls are a dollar thirty five. <laughs> Brisbane Broncos are three dollars twenty. Canberra Raiders favourites dollar fourteen over the Canterbury Bulldogs five fifty. South Sydney dollar thirty favourites over Cronulla Sharks three dollars fifty. Sydney Roosters dollar twenty five over the Cowboys three dollars ninety. Well, I like that one. And I'm looking at that. Uh, Warriors three dollars ten. Outsiders Parramatta Eels dollar thirty six favourites. Melbourne Storm dollar fourteen. St George five dollars fifty. 
Looking at that one as well. And Titans, $7.25 outsiders with the Penrith Panthers, the shortest favourite of the weekend at $1.09. All righty. That brings us to the end of our analysis for Magic Round, uh, our preview. Jared's got $10 at $1.70 on Newcastle. I'm going to go with $5 on a multi Cowboys and Dragons to win. So that would pay $21.45. So I'm going five buckaroonies. Actually, what are you on? 20 bucks? I'm on 60. Should I go 10 bucks or? Go 60. Get out of it. <laughs> I'm an. I'm a responsible better. So I'm doing five dollars at twenty-one forty-five for the Cowboys and the Dragons to win. All right, we're going to do an overrated, underrated, favorite, least favorite to win, and we're going to save that for next episode. Save for next episode. It's been a pretty big one. Uh, I'm also going to have my Brisbane Broncos lineup for next season. I reckon lined up because I've started doodling that as we go along. Anyway, um, if you're going to Magic Round, really enjoy yourself. There's going to be a whole bunch of Rugby League Twitter personalities down there. Jump on Twitter, have a look around at that. And good luck to your teams. And we'll come back at you Monday morning. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to Six Again. Connect with the show on Twitter, Instagram, and the Six Again website. All links via the show's bio. Be sure to check out Adam's craft beer choice of the week.